Welcome to another informative episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Hi, I'm Barbara Semenuk from Purcell Enterprises. I'm the president of the firm and I work out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I wanted to talk about preparing for a health and safety audit. It's much like a walking meeting. Some of it's uphill, some of it's downhill, and it is a challenge, but it's doable. No Harm is the podcast for health and safety professionals like you. We're here to help you sharpen your professional skills and better understand emerging issues. You drive your health and safety program according to the audit questions and the audit elements. Sounds like a great topic. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Before we get started on this episode, I should probably mention that uh, I'm not in Canada today. I'm actually in Texas working on a thing here. And you know what? I was really inspired by episode 18 of our podcast where I uh, talked to Linda Miller of EWI Works. And, uh, you know, we talked about sitting disease. One of the things that we talked about in the context of that episode is uh, walking meetings. So right now, I'm walking. I'm walking uphill. (laughs) So... I may be a little bit out of breath and uh, I'm just going to my next location and connecting with me remotely back in Edmonton, Canada is Barbara Semenuk. Now Barbara is the president of Purcell Enterprises and she is a health and safety auditor and that's one of the things that she does. We're going to talk about how to prepare for health and safety audit. So Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marvin. I wanted to talk about preparing for a health and safety audit. It's much like a walking meeting. Some of it's uphill, some of it's downhill, and it is a challenge, but it's doable. What you want to do is get a copy of the audit that fits your industry and your certifying partner. First, you have to find out from WCB your industry code, your WCB number, and that will allow you to select an audit that fits your industry code. You have to take the necessary training through the certifying partners, usually on program building and auditing, because you will be doing auditing of your program as an internal auditor. Every three years or in a four-year cycle, there'll be an external audit to ensure that your internal audits are meeting the standards. And basically, to get started, you get a copy of the audit and you drive your health and safety program according to the audit questions and the audit elements. Every audit in Alberta, where I'm from, meets the criteria for the Certificate of Recognition, which is awarded once you pass an audit with 80% overall and 50% in each of the elements. The elements can range from 8 to 14, according to the audit. And basically, the core elements are management, leadership, and commitment, like your health and safety policies, hazard identification, identifying hazards, hazard controls, using the hierarchy of controls, inspections, orientation and training, such as your 
competency-based training, which is new for the new audit coming out January 1 to 18. Then after orientation and training, we have emergency response, incident investigation, and program administration, which is basically a proud acknowledgement of what you've done, your records, your communication with your employees, your statistics, and the past audit results. All right, Barbara, so I understand that there are going to be some new audit protocols coming in place in uh, January 2018. Tell me about this. All right. Yes, the audit is changing in 2018, and I have drafts, so this may change again, but it's pretty set from what I understand. The past audits were out of a thousand points. This one will be out of 860. It's going to emphasize hazard identification and control more, followed by orientation and training and incident investigations. Now, the audit in section one is going to emphasize more of management and supervisors' responsibilities for health and safety for their employees, as well as the importance of senior management and the management team's commitment towards health and safety. Element two, there's going to be emphasis between job safety analyses and field level risk assessments and changes to hazard assessments need to be communicated to employees. Inspections will emphasize the fact that deficiencies have to be corrected more promptly and orientation and training has been expanded. Hazard assessments have to be corrected and these corrections have to be discussed with the employees and the employer communication to contractors for their health and safety while on site has to be solid and it's going to be determined that management and supervision is leading this. As well, there's going to be competency-based assessments, which is a huge change. So you've got to ensure some method of determining competencies of your employees, either through exams, buddying up, or some plan for ascertaining competency. Now, Barbara, are there uh, any new protocols with respect to emergency response plans? Yes, with the emergency response plans, you're actually going to have to do an actual drill. And the drill results have to be discussed and disseminated to the employees. And what about incident investigations? The process of the incident investigation, it's going to have more management and supervisory explanations of the incident investigation with the employees. And management and supervision has to ensure that incident investigations are completed in a timely manner. And for Section 8, program administration and 
assessment, senior management is going to be held accountable for the implementation of the health and safety system, which was not strictly stated in the last audit. And they're going to have to develop a plan to address health and safety deficiencies, and the plan has to be implemented. Now, Barbara, what are the implications here for senior management? For senior management, there's going to be more questions on the fact that they're going to be held accountable by their employer for implementing the health and safety program. And the ways they're held accountable have to be stated and mentioned in the audit. So everybody will have some accountability for health and safety now. And there's going to be a finer breakdown of the justification section, which is what areas you are auditing. And these will be broken into senior management, management, supervisor, worker questions. So that, in a nutshell, is the changes in the draft portion of the audit. The audit is an evaluation of your health and safety program. It's like a photo album, but it's only true in a moment of time. It's true for when you're doing the audit. It's like a snapshot in time, and each of the audit elements are pictures in a photo album that give you an evaluation of your management system by looking at documentation, observing the site, and interviewing a representative sample of employees. I feel these changes are excellent and long overdue. And it is of interest that the audit is becoming tougher, and there's rumor that I believe that the audit maintenance years will now have a past score. In the past, you could fail your maintenance audit. No longer there will be a pass fail. Barbara, you mentioned that uh, these audits are really just a snapshot in time. So I guess that leads to the question of how often do the audits need to be done or does that really depend on the industry? The audit has to be done in a four-year cycle. Year one is external audits done by external audit. Years two and three are maintenance audits, which can also be done by the external auditor as well. Year four is an external audit to evaluate the maintenance years. Is there a role then for internal auditors? There's a huge role for internal auditors. As part of the training, as I mentioned earlier, you as a company representative should be trained in how to conduct audits and you should be doing the maintenance audits in years two and three because you have a better sense really of your corporation than someone parachuted in for two or three days like an external auditor and you can really understand your organization and put in place meaningful recommendations that are smart, that will enable 
you to enhance your health and safety program, which is really what the auditing system is about. I remember when auditing first came in, in the road builders, it reduced incidents by 56% in one year. So they have a huge role to play. Wow, that's really impressive. Now, just to be clear, what we're talking about here is new auditing standards that are coming into play in Alberta. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Is there anything in the future that you're aware of that will be applying to other provinces, other jurisdictions? Well, I believe that British Columbia will be updating their audit as well. Alberta really is leading the core program in Canada, and BC, Nova Scotia are some other provinces that follow uh, Alberta's lead, and Saskatchewan also has a Certificate of Recognition program, and NFORM is... To my knowledge, the only certifying partner where you can do an audit that is acceptable in Western Canada, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and British Columbia. The ASP audit is Saskatchewan and Alberta, and there are rumors that ACSA may be working on ensuring that they have they have reciprocality between British Columbia and Saskatchewan in their audit, but that remains to be seen. Now, they are updating auditor qualifications because it's becoming more of a profession. The CRSP or some sort of designation is required for NFORM and now ACSA audits. Splendid. Well, thank you for joining us today and explaining all of this. Uh, really appreciate uh, all this terrific information that you share with us. And of course, you are a returning guest. You've been on the show before, and uh, we're going to be happy to have you again because you really know your stuff. Of course, Barbara, you are an external auditor, and I think I have to let you run because I believe that you're off to an audit any minute now, and I have to let you go. That's correct. Enjoy your walk. I am enjoying it. Oh, and I should mention that here in Texas today, it's, uh, it's about 30 degrees Celsius, and I think where you are back in Edmonton, it's, oh, I think something like minus 10, minus 15, and uh, snow on the ground, is that correct? I mean, I don't want to rub it in, Barbara. You just did. I hate you. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Looking forward to having you on a future episode. And by the way, where can our listeners learn more about you? You can learn more about me on my website at www.purcellenterprises.ca. Or you can contact me at 780-757-6680, which is Mary, my contact person's number. Splendid. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to the No Harm Health and Safety Podcast. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us for free on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a rating or review. It helps others find us. And hey, be sure to tell your friends and colleagues who can benefit from our podcast. The No Harm Health and Safety Podcast is a production of Stimulant Strategies and Stimulant Media Productions. You can learn more about us at stimulant.ca. All the best, everyone, and stay safe.